what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. I don't know the number of times I have heard people say they might have been in a bad accident or near-death experience, and they would make the statement, well, I guess the Lord's not ready for me yet. He's got something else He wants me to do. If that statement is true, then my friend, it behooves us to find out what that is. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. change in me born again just like Jesus said born again and all because of Calvary oh I'm glad so glad that I've been born again have you been born again today are you saved today? Is your name written down in the Lamb's book of life? Are you ready for the trump of God to sound today? Glory to God. We're not going to be here much longer, folks. The trump of God's going to sound, and we're going to rise up to meet him in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. What a day, what a day of rejoicing that's going to be. Glory to God. So glad to have all of you with us today as well as our visitors, those of you in the parking lot, others of you out in the community listening by radio. It's good to have you with us as well. invite you to come back and be with us any time that you can. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me, please, to the book of 1 Kings. 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse 19. 1 Kings 19 and verse 19. So he, speaking of Elijah, departed thence and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him, and he with the twelve. And Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. And I want to stop right there and use for a subject today. The call of a man of God. The call of a man of God. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for his help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, I come before your throne of grace today. I thank you for this opportunity to stand before the people and to minister your word. I thank you this morning for every person that's under the sound of my voice today, whether they be in this service sitting out in the parking lot, elsewhere in the community. Lord, those listening by radio, the internet, CD, however way they're getting this message today, Lord, I thank you. Lord, this morning I have nothing to give the people. 
And, Lord, you have everything to give. And I ask this morning, Lord, that you hide me behind the cross. Lord, may I decrease and you increase today. Anoint me today, Lord, to rightly divide the word of truth and anoint your people to hear and receive. Lord, that we all might be drawn closer to you. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen and amen. No other prophet in the Bible has been more vividly described and imitated than that of Elijah. God said in Malachi chapter 4 and verse 5, He said, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming and great dreadful day of the Lord. John the Baptist was called of God to be the forerunner of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he fulfilled this prophecy that was given in Malachi. He imitated Elijah in spirit, power, and ministry. Jesus said in Matthew 11 and verse 11, Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there's not a greater than John the Baptist. He went on to say, if you will receive it, this is Elias, or Elijah, which was to come. Elijah's name is mentioned 68 times in the Old Testament and 30 times in the New Testament. He was called and anointed of God to be a prophet in Israel during the time of Ahab. And ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you something today. You and I are called of God for such a time as this. Everyone is called to be saved. John 3.16 for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him, whosoever believeth in him, whosoever believeth in him, say, I'm whosoever. I am the whosoever. Glory to God. If you'll furnish the sinner, he'll furnish the Savior. <laughs> Glory to God. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Second Peter 3 and verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. And he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. In Revelation 22, verse 17, as God closed out the canon of Scripture, the call goes forth to every human being. And the Spirit and the Bride saith, Come. Let him that heareth say, Come. Let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, whosoever will, let him come and take of the water of life freely. That call goes out all over 
the world. Jesus said in Matthew 22, verse 14, He said, Many are called, but few are chosen. The entirety of the human race, from Adam and Eve right on up until today, has been called to accept God's salvation plan. Sadly and regrettably, most do not choose to accept that call. But for those of us who have accepted the call, glory to God. There's within my heart a melody. Jesus whispers sweet and low. Fear not, I am with thee, peace be still. In all of life's ebb and flow. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Sweetest name I know. Fills my every longing. Keeps me singing as I go. Glory to God. He keeps me singing. He keeps me singing. Glory to God. When I pull up at the gas pump and I see the prices that are outrageous, He keeps me singing. He keeps me singing. When I flip across the television channels at night and they're sitting up there telling their lies, I just keep on singing because at the end of the day, there is a throne that is set in heaven and there's one sitting on that throne and His name is Jesus Christ and He is in control he calls the shots. And if the gas goes up, God will provide. If the food goes up, God will supply. And if the light bill goes up, God will supply. That's why I keep on singing. Because there's a joy down in my heart. Today, if you're saved, there should be a joy down in your heart. Oh, get out of the mully grubs this morning and sing it with me this morning. We've got something to shout about. We've got something to praise God about today. Today. We're saved today. Names written down in the Lamb's book of life. Glory to God. He keeps us singing. But wait a minute, wait a minute. When we're called to be saved and we accept that calling, then we're called to serve. Let me preach over here. After you're called to be saved, and you choose to be saved, God calls you to serve. Which means you have to give Him the reins of your heart. In other words, God has to be in control. He has to call the shots. Dana, if you will, put it up on the screen, Psalm 139. Psalm 139, verse 13. The psalmist said, For thou hast possessed my reins and covered me in my mother's womb. 
the reins speak of control. Are we in control? Or is God in control? Until God possesses the reins of your life, you will not come to your full potential in God. Did you hear me? Let me say it again. Unless God has control over the reins of your life, you and I will not come up to our full potential in God to fulfill His purpose. He said in verse 14, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. God knew us before we were even born. He uses the word substance there, verse 15. My substance was not hid from thee. That speaks of everything that God has instilled in us. Gifts, talents, abilities, strengths. God placed those things within us before we were even born to fulfill his purpose. He said, Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. That word unperfect is the only time that word is used in the Bible. Unperfect. It means to grow. It means to develop. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written. God has a book on you. God's got a book on you. If you and I had the chance, right, if you're saved today, you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you had the opportunity to look at the book that God has on you, those first few chapters, it's just a bunch of blank pages. <laughs> Glory to God. Well, what do you, you mean by that, Brother James? Because your sins are gone. Your sins are forgiven. They've been washed. They've been cleansed. Never to be remembered against you anymore. But as you look in that book that God has written, there's a chapter in there called Hairs. Hairs. And as you, when you were born, you only had a few. And as you grew on up, you had a little more and a little more. And you hit your mid-30s and the number kind of levels off a little bit and then it starts to go down a little bit. Your 40s and your 50s 
them hair numbers is getting down in single digits. So. <laughs> Even the very hairs of our head is numbered. God has it all written down. Everything there is to know about you, God knows it. He knows it. He's acquainted with his creation, and he knows all things, and he loves you today. He loves you. In thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. If you will allow God to have the reins of your heart, the Holy Spirit will develop and fashion you more and more into what He wants us to be. You got to let Him have the reins. You got to let Him have control. And let me tell you this there's nothing any more important than what God has called you to do. I want to say that again. There is nothing any more important than what God has called you to do. I don't know the number of times I have heard people say they might have been in a bad accident or a close call or near-death experience and they pulled through and come out on the other side and they would make the statement, well, I guess the Lord's not ready for me yet. He's got something else He wants me to do. If that statement is true, then my friend, it behooves us to find out what that is. What has God called you to do? There are those whom God has called to minister to His people. They're used to help grow, develop, and edify the body of Christ, the church. They are God-called positions. You just don't up and decide one day that you're going to be a preacher. I know that goes on nowadays quite a bit. Well, I think I'll just become a preacher and go to school, get educated, get me a church, and go from there. It don't work like that. Preachers, it's a God-called position. And with that calling comes an anointing. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. That God gave some apostles. Again, I want you to notice here that God did the giving. God does the calling when it comes to these particular ministries. He gave some apostles. Now there's some debate among denominations as to what that is and if we have any apostles today. I'm not going to get into all of that. But I will say this. Whomever 
the minister is, whether he be an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, whatever position he is, if he's not preaching and teaching what the apostles wrote in the New Testament, then you don't need to be listening to him. Whenever a preacher gets up over television, gets behind the pulpit, and he says, what I'm going to tell you, you can't find it in the Bible. Run. Don't drink that Kool-Aid. There's a lot of that stuff going on in our churches today. A lot of people are sitting in churches today, and they're being given poison. So everything that is preached and taught must come from the Word of God. The apostles, it's a New Testament term, apostles. He gave some apostles and some prophets. Prophets have the gift of telling us what's going to happen in the future. It's an Old Testament term. The prophets would foretell the future, but... Mainly, the prophets were preachers of righteousness. Good grace and mercy. We need prophets in our churches today that will preach righteousness. The church has drifted so far from its foundation, we don't know what's right and wrong anymore. Preachers don't preach it anymore because it might offend somebody. God give us prophets today that will shell it down and say, this is right and that is wrong. Prophets, some evangelists, evangelists have a special anointing to win the lost. And some pastors, pastors preach and teach the Word of God to help and lead and guide the church. And then you have teachers, teachers that know the Word of God and a special ability to explain the Scriptures. God gave all of these ministries, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. He gave all of that. If you look there in Ephesians 4, verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints, for the maturing of the saints. You're not going to be perfect You're not going to be perfect. You have a perfect salvation. We have a perfect Savior. We have a perfect Scripture. But you will not attain to a level of perfection. Even the Apostle Paul said, I have not attained. He said, but I'm forgetting those things which are behind, and I'm pressing toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. But you can you can come to a level of maturity for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. Ah, our church ain't growing, Brother James, because the preacher ain't going out in the community and knocking on doors. What does the Scripture say? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. It ain't just the preacher's job to go knock on doors. Oh, let me preach over here. It ain't just the preacher's job to go knocking on doors. It ain't just the preacher's job to pass out CDs. It ain't just the preacher's job to put them in the restaurants. 
It's everybody's job. When I brought James, I just don't know the scriptures enough to, to witness to somebody and tell them about Jesus. Well, you got a testimony, ain't you? The Lord's done some things for you, ain't you? He's touched you. He's healed you. He saved you. You got a testimony you can give somebody. Can I get a witness today? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith. Whenever Paul used that term, the faith, he's always referring to Christ and what he did at the cross, the faith. And of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. All right. I'm going to shock some of you now. Brace yourself. Are you ready for this? If you're standing up listening to me by radio right now, you might need to sit down because what I'm going to tell you is going to shock you. There are no perfect people and even preachers have faults, failures, inconsistencies, and sin. There are no perfect people there are no perfect pastors no perfect evangelists apostles prophets teachers none perfect all have sinned and come short of the glory of god even those that are the best of the best whomever that may be fail god we come short of what god requires Now, some would say that when a preacher fails the Lord, he sins. Then God can't use that preacher anymore. I want you to think about that. Whenever a preacher sins, God can't use that minister anymore it may hinder his calling but it does not negate the calling because romans chapter 11 and verse 29 says the gifts and the calling of god is without repentance God knew us before we were even born. And when we came to him one day and we accepted his call of salvation and we went into the ministry, we went into the service of the Lord, God knew then that we were going to climb Fool's Mountain and we were going to fail him. But he saved us anyway. And he called us to do whatever God has called you to do, whatever God has called me to do. He called us to serve him anyway. So when you find out some things about a fellow brother or sister in the Lord, and it's distasteful, faults, failures, sin, just understand that 
It did not catch God by surprise. And his gifts and his calling are without repentance. Let's look at Elijah for a minute. Elijah found out that Jezebel was out to kill him. And he ran 480 miles into the wilderness. Came to a cave at Horeb. And God spoke to him in a still small voice. And said, what are you doing here, Elijah? The Lord knew what to do to straighten out his wandering prophet. Did you hear what I said? God knows how to straighten out his wandering prophet. God knows how to straighten out the wandering preacher. And let me tell you what I found out. If you want to stay out of trouble with God, you let God deal with that wayward one. And you better stay out of it. Because like I said, God knows how to deal with the wavering preacher. When God's dealing with a fellow brother or sister in the Lord and they failed God, you better let God take care of you. You better stay out of it. I mean... How many of you have had to punish your children? You go to give them a little pop on the butt. That's considered abuse now, by the way, but it worked on me. I turned out okay. Mama pulled that belt out, boy, could grace of mercy. Yes, Mama. Yes, Mama. I won't do it no more, Mama. Tears streaming. I won't talk back no more, Mama. Brother James, you you have to go to a psychologist now because your Mama beat you like that? Nope. I thank God she did. I wouldn't be here today if it weren't for them whoopings. I think some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. But how many of you have gone to punish your kids and had somebody step up and say, now, you don't need to be doing that. That punishment for that child is too harsh. Let me give you a little advice. When a parent is punishing their child, you better stay out of it. And when God is punishing his children, you had better keep your mouth out of it as well. Don't you going to be on the other end of that? Are you hearing me? God knows how to straighten out the wandering preacher. When God straightened out Elijah, he said, I got some people I want you to anoint. And Elisha is one of them. He said, I want you to go back into the wilderness of Damascus from where you came. And I want you to anoint Elisha. Elijah did not know who Elisha was. Had no idea. He had never met this young man. I mean, there won't no Facebook, so I mean, it ain't like he could get on there and do a search on Facebook to find him. 
didn't have no Google, so they won't no Google search to find out where Elisha was. But wait a minute, there, there was a school of the prophets that was nearby. And Elijah could have went there because if God's called a man to be a prophet, to be sure he'd be at the school of the prophets, but God didn't lead him there. God left him, led him to a field. And there was Elisha plowing with 12 yoke of oxen. God calls and chooses people from all walks of life. He chose fishermen, farmers, men, women. He's chose doctors, lawyers. He even called those who were not qualified. Look at Moses. Moses, I want you to go and stand before Pharaoh and tell him, let my people go. And Moses couldn't hardly speak. He had an impediment in his speech. When Goliath stood out in front of Israel and defied the God of Israel, all the armies, mighty men, stepped back. None would step forward. To face the giant, God laid his hand on little David, 12 years of age, if that, with a sling and a stone. Stone right between the eyes, and old Goliath fell down to the ground. He chose Amos, who was going around picking up sycamore fruit. He chose Paul, who was destroying the church, was responsible for, for Christians dying because he was persecuting the church. He chose this man over the original 12 to give the meaning of the new covenant. Don't sit here and think today that Somebody has gone so far and God can't use them for his service. Don't sit here today and think that you've gone too far that God can't use you. Don't sit here today and say, well, Brother James, I'm too old. Moses was 80 years of age when God called him to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. He called Abraham. Abraham was a was hundred years old when Isaac was born. So don't sit here today and give me that garbage about you too old. With God, all things are possible. And with his anointing, I know it is possible because that anointing breaks the yoke. He called Elisha, who was plowing in the field with 12 yoke of oxen. God calls whoever he wants to call. In 1 Kings 19, verse 19, Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. This indicated that Elisha was to follow Elijah. And Elisha slew that yoke of oxen, and he prepared a feast 
for his friends and neighbors. Packed his bags. And he left and followed Elijah almost immediately. Today, the Lord has cast his mantle upon you and I, the church. That mantle, that head covering, the Lord has cast it upon you and I. We all want to hear the Lord say one day, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter thou into the joy of the Lord. If you're going to hear those words, it depends on what you're going to do with the mantle that God has cast upon you. Elisha, he left the world that he knew behind to follow the call of God on his life. And for us to fulfill the calling that God has placed on our lives, whatever that may be, we're going to have to come out from among the world and be separate, saith the Lord of hosts. Elisha, he asked for a double portion of the anointing. Now, Elijah couldn't give him a double portion of that anointing. No man can depart anointing to someone else. Are you hearing me? No man can depart anointing on someone else. I mean, I hear this stuff over television all the time. Preachers who say, come and join us and you'll fall under my anointing and you'll have my anointing. It's not, it's not theirs to give. And here's the clincher. A lot of times when they say, come here and fall under my anointing and, and send me some, or either send me some money and, and, and I'll give you this prayer cloth and you'll have my anointing. If he had any anointing, chances are he ain't got it now. Only God gives the anointing that is needed to do whatever God has for you to do. You need the anointing. The church needs the anointing. I need the anointing. We've got to have it. Even Jesus Christ was anointed. Anointed of the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good. Healing all who were oppressed of the devil. If Jesus needed the anointing, how much more do you and I need it today? We've got to have it. And Elisha prayed to God for a double portion of the anointing. Ten years later, he saw Elijah taken up into heaven, and God gave him a double portion of that anointing. He performed twice the miracles that Elijah did, but he accepted the call he followed that calling, and he desired the anointing. Today, you and I are called of God for some purpose, and we need to ask God for His anointing to get it done.
If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And every Sunday morning we have Sunday school starting at 9 o'clock and worship service at 10, as well as Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All of these services are broadcast to the parking lot for those of you who wish to participate drive-in style. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMET community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.